Okay, Shalom Aleichem. We are starting up Sachem Yitz Hashem from the beginning. Um, the main discussion that we're going to be dealing with for the entirety of our learning Sachem, at least this round, is going to be regarding two different topics. One topic is a Mitzvah's essay called Tashpisu. The Pasuk says, We'll see soon, You should have to destroy Chametz from your house. The question is what's included within that destruction. What's exactly that mean? The basic understanding of the Pasuk itself. That's one discussion, the mitzvah of getting rid of Chametz. And the second discussion is going to be a prohibition of Bal Yeroya Bal is a prohibition of seeing or finding a Chametz being found. The most basic way, it's an ownership of Chametz. Maybe there's a distinction of different types, different manifestations of ownership, where it's located, etc. All the things we're going to be discussing. But in the most general sense, it's a prohibition of owning Chametz on Pesach. So these two aspects are going to be the majority, pretty much all we're going to be able to discuss. It's a short zman, but um, we should do it thoroughly. And to start off, I brought you psukim. The most basic thing to start with is the psukim themselves. So read together. Hashem said to Meisha, Aaron, and the land of Yitzrayim, this is going to be the first month of all the months, for you, Kala Yisrael, Tablo Kaladis Yisrael, Eimor, Ba'asad HaKadosh Adem, Yichlam, Ish Selebeis, Alveis Selebeis. So first of all, you should speak out to Kala Yisrael, that on the 10th of the month, each one should take a sheep. Mimimimat, Tavayis, Meis, Meisab, Lachachachachachina, Mekarav, Alebeis, Hamimiksas, Nafash, Yisrael, Tafiyachay, Tachay, Yisrael, Aseh. And if there's not enough people in your house to eat a whole set, to eat a whole sheep, then you and your neighbor should take together a sheep based off the amount of people that are able to eat it together, and you'll shech with that in mind. It should be an unblemished male that's less than a year old from either a sheep or a goat. This is the mitzvah called Pesach. You should watch it for four days, make sure it doesn't have a moon. Then the whole cloth should shech it. Now, what do you do with that? You take from the blood from that shechita. And you put it on the door frame of your house, that the place where you're going to eat it. You should eat that meat on that night, roasted with matzahs and morur. You shouldn't eat it raw, you shouldn't eat it cooked in water. You should eat it roasted and then its head be down on top, and then you should have also placed on it its kirov. It's the big discussion. The Gemara Machlekes Tanaim, what that means. Fine. Don't leave over any of the Korban Pesach until the morning. And if you leave over, then you should burn it. This is how you should eat it. This is what it should look like. You should have your walking sticks in your hand. You should eat it quickly. As this is the carbon Pesach, I'm going to hit all the different firstborns. And I will attack the Bechor from people, whether it be Behipol, Behemoth, all the gods of Mitzrayim. I will make judgment upon them. I'm God. 
the blood that you put on the doorpost will come Pesach should be a sign on the batim shatim sham on the houses that you're there. But Rishis Sadam, I'm going to see the blood there. Vasachti aleichem, I skip over your house. We lechem menegev the mishchas belkeis v'etzatzayim. And therefore, you Klai Yisrael shouldn't have anyone hurt while I'm going ahead and taking out my vengeance on Klai Yisrael on Mitzrayim. I'm sorry, Chazal Shalom. You should have this be a day, should be a commemoration, and you shall celebrate it as a holiday for God, the Dorasechim, for all the generations. It should be something which is permanent, you should celebrate. Now, it continues the Pasuk, and this is the exciting part for us. Seven days you should eat matzah. However, on the first day, this means the 14th. Tashpisu Saor mi batechem, you shall destroy Saor. Saor literally means a leavening agent from your house. Kikul echel chametz, because if you eat chametz, venichosa nefeshahime Yisrael, that person who eats chametz on Pesach will be chayv koritz, miyemarishan anyemashvi, if they eat from the first day of Pesach until the seventh day. So here we see this mitzvah of Tashpisu. The first seventh day should be Yamtif, it's Asaba Malacha, Yelachem, it should be for you, Komlecha la Yasabahem, you can't do any kind of labor, except for Echol Nefesh, anything which is necessary in order to have food, then you're able to do it. Discussion, the Gemara, Rishenim, what that includes, fine. Shmata Mesamatsis. And you have to be shem in the matzahs there, it's shimar mi chomets, to make sure that they don't turn into chomets. Kiba etem yamazid. Because in the middle of this day, you taste it, Sivaseichem in Eretz Mitzrayim, I took you out in your legions from the lands of Egypt. You shall guard this day for all the generations. Berishin ba'arbal sayyim lechidish be'erev teichli matzahs, adiyim echodesim asin lechidish be'erev. And you should eat from the night following the 14th. At night is a mitzvah to eat matzahs until the twenty-first of the month at night. Oh, so now we get to our prohibitions. Seven days you can't find saor in your house. This is the iser of bolya matzah. Because if you eat chametz during that time, so then you'll be. So it sounds from the basic read of the Pasuk that you can't have chametz because if you eat it, you'll be chayv kares. That's what it sounds like. So it sounds like the Torah in a certain way made gzera. It's important to remember this. We're going to see soon in Hashem that also makes this diak seemingly. And then the the, the parsha finishes. You can't eat anything which is leavened. You should eat matzos. Now I brought you a second pasuk. It says You should eat matzos seven days. And you shouldn't see chametz. You shouldn't see saar. You shouldn't see leavened or leavening agent in all of your boundaries. So here we see a second prohibition. Of lo yirolach of having ownership over chametz. So at this point, we've seen in the parsha of Pesach, number one in the parsha of Pesach itself, we found there's a mitzvah's essay of destroying your chametz. Besides that mitzvah's essay of destroying your chametz, we we'll have to know soon what that means. Why it was said in the way that it was said, tashpisu? Why is it say tevairu or sichle? Right. But we see first of all a mitzvah's essay of getting rid of chametz, and we see two different manifestations of a love 
of owning chametz. So that's already the introduction to chametz. Now that we have that, now let's go ahead and let's start the Mishnah. We're going to read the Mishnah together, we're going to have some kashas, we'll see Rashi, it's going to be Gishmak. So it says the Mishnah on Daf, Be'ez Amad Aleph, Ola Arbosar, Bitkinis Achametz, the Or Hader. Ola Arbosar means the night of the 13th going into the 14th. Why it uses the language of Or is a great question. The Gemara on Daf Be'ez and Daf Kimmel, leading on to Daf Dalet, discuss this question. Inasmuch as we only have four weeks together, four or five weeks together, to learn these sugyas, even though it's very exciting stuff, we're not going to really focus on it because if we focus on it, that's all we're going to see. We're not really going to see into the crux of the sugya of what's it in Batika, what's it in Bayyabay Matzeh, what's it in Tashpisu. So because of that, we're not going to see it. But you'll take my word for it that Ola Arbasa means the night of the 13th going into the 14th. What's the din? We check for chametz with the light of a candle. Any place that you don't normatively bring chametz into, you don't have to check. Now that being said, any place you don't need vadika, so you don't have to check. So what's it mean then that there's two shuras in a in a wine cellar that are considered yes considered a makam shemachnis and chametz? So we'll see that tamachlekes beishamay oimim beishuras of nikolamartif. Beishamay says it's two rows on the face of the wine cellar. This is going to be a machlikas amarayim. What does that mean? It means the two. Let's say if we had a wine cellar that was four long, four wide, and four deep, four barrels of wine, right? Four barrels of wine stacked on top of each other, length, width, and depth. So then, one interpretation if two shuras of pnei two rows on the face of the marativ, would either mean the highest two rows, meaning in width and depth. That would be one way to go, uh, or another way to go would be the I mean, regarding yeah the regarding the entrance it would be the first two rows, um, both in width, depth, and length, but the last two rows in depth would you wouldn't have to check. Obviously, the reason would be because we assume that maybe if someone brought chametz there, we'd have to know why. Beishamay says differently. Beishamay says the two rows, which are external, meaning closest to the door, closest to the entrance, Shein El Yonas, that are the highest. So that either means, in regards to depth, the first row, and in regards to height, the top two rows, in regards to width, it would mean the, the length of that entirety. Or it would mean the other way, it would be, there's also Machlech Samarayim, it would be that it's the top two, there's the first two rows in depth, in width, it would be the length of the row, and in height, it would be the top two rows. So it would be, like if we're looking from a cross-section, if we're looking at the front of it, we'd only see the front row, the top front row. And if we're looking from a, an eagle's eye, it would be the first two rows closest to the door. I hope that's clear. If not, maybe I'll try to get some kind of a diagram to show you. I can send it on the WhatsApp. But, uh, yeah, so that's the din of the Mishnah. Now that we read Pashat Pshat in the Mishnah, so now let's go ahead with Achinu HaKadosh and try to understand what has to be explained here. So, Orla Basar, Beit What's this din Bidika? Why are we doing Bidika? Why in the world are we doing Bidika here? Right? There's a, there's, a, there's a mitzvah to do Bidika? 
what mitzvah is it a bedika? So, how I would know it, I would know three ways to say here. Number one is that, yeah, you know what? Maybe there is a mitzvah to do bedika. What's that mitzvah? That mitzvah would be tashpisu. You have to get rid of it. Now, even though it's a tashpisu, we somehow would know, we'd have to know how we knew this, but somehow we would know that included within tashpisu is also bedika. Now, interestingly enough, the Mishnah doesn't say anything what you do with it when you find it, right? It doesn't say, it says bedika. No good, now I found the chametz. Now what do I do with it? So svara. If the whole point is to fulfill the myths of Tashpisa, and Tashpisa is getting rid of the Chamed, so Svar would indicate that, obviously, when I do Batika, it really means Batika Ubir. I have to get rid of it. Rashi doesn't say that. We'll see soon. The Mishnah for sure doesn't say that. So it's an interesting thing to note that when the Mishnah says Batika, it's assuming that the Batika is a point of getting to Bir. Now, another way <coughs> that we could go who said anything? Maybe Bedika is not a mitzvah of Tashpisu. Ah, if Bedika is not a mitzvah of Tashpisu, so how come I have to do Bedika then? So maybe we could pose that the reason I'm doing Bedika is because there's a prohibition. And because there's a prohibition of ownership of chametz, I have to do everything that I can in order to make sure that I don't transgress that prohibition. And I'll give you a mashal. Let's say a person wants to go ahead and eat you know, a fruit. He wants to eat a, a date. Yeah? Now, a date, you can't just pop open a date and put it in your mouth. But dates, very commonly, have bugs in it. So you have to open up the date and check it. Aye, there's a mitzvah of checking dates. Where's the mitzvah of checking fruit before you eat it? Or if you want to eat rice, right? Where's the mitzvah of checking the rice before you go ahead and cook it? There's a mitzvah. There's no mitzvah. So ha. So where's the chiv come from? The chiv comes from the fact that there's a prohibition. And inasmuch as you're prohibited to eat bugs, the prohibition itself mandates that you ensure that a place where it's possible or probable that could be bugs here, you have to make sure to check it to make sure you don't come up with that prohibition. So it could be the same thing. That since there's a prohibition, you have to make sure that you don't transgress that prohibition, that there's no chametz here. That would be the two ways to explain on a derisa level why there would be a chiva bedika. We'll see soon the rishenim Maybe, it could be, we'll see for sure there's some Rishonim that hold that the mitzvah of Bedika here is a mitzvah of Tashpiso. We'll see soon. We'll for sure see, we're not going to see, I'll tell you outside, there's a sefer called Makor Chaim. Makor Chaim was written by the Nesibos of Yaakov Milisa. And then the Makor Chaim writes in the introduction to Simon Taflam and Gimel. Taflam and Gimel is the Hilchus Bedika Schametz. So you might say in the introduction that the Mechaev, that what obligates a person to do B'dikas Chametz is Ke'ina B'dikas Talayim. It's comparable to B'dikas Talayim. In the same way, you have to make sure the prohibition demands that you don't transgress that prohibition itself. That's why how he compares B'dikas Chametz. So there's a manifestation of those two approaches in the Rishonim Achreinim. We'll see the Rishonim soon. The Achreinim I just told you. The third way we know how to go is that really there's no there's no Chiv Midaraisa to do B'dikas who told you there's a chiyam midaraisa to do bedika? What? There's a pasuk? There's no pasuk. The pasuk says tashpiso. The lav pro- pro- demands it. If I want to be an intelligent human being, and I don't, I don't want to be over a lav, so I'll make sure I don't have chametz. It demands it. It creates a chiyam. Who said it creates a chiyam? Aye, but the Mishnah says, or la'abasa, but it can't So maybe that 
Chiyav Bedika is rabbinic in nature. In Achanami. Midaraisa, there's no reason to do Bedika whatsoever. But maybe that Chiyav is only Midarabanan. That would be... Now, obviously, we'd have to understand why that would be. Why would Chazal be interested in establishing a Bedika? Right? It could be because the Chiyav Kares, right? We'd have to go ahead and check. Is that true? Every time there's a Chiyav Kares, etc., etc. We'll have to come up with kind of a Swaras. What's unique here that it necessitates a bedika midirabana. But that would be the three approaches I would know how to say. Number one, there's a chiv deraisa because it's a mitzvah. Number two, it's a chiv deraisa because the prevent the prohibition. Or number three would be that it's really a chiv midirabana, and we'd have to know what Chazal's vested interest was in establishing this chiv. Now, let's go ahead and think for a second here. The Mishnah says, Now, what does bedika imply? If I am sitting at a table and there's a piece of chametz on the table that I'm sitting at, if in order to go ahead and and get rid of this chametz, that necessitates a bedika? Seemingly not, right? I don't know a bedika. I might have to get rid of it practically. I might have to burn it. I might have to flush it down the toilet. Whatever I do with it. But I don't have to be bleeding for it. It's right in my front of my eyes. So I would posit from this diuk that, you know, what type of chametz am I liable for? It seems from here already, from the fact that the mitzvah or the chiv is, is expressed through a language of bedika, that this includes even chametz that I don't know about. Even the chametz which I don't know about, I'm obligated to get rid of. And that would imply then that even the chametz I don't know about, there's a certain degree of halakhic responsibility. We'll have to know why that is. Seemingly, it would depend on the different explanations, right? It seems like either chametz that I don't know about, I still have a mitzvah of burning, it's still a fulfillment of the mitzvah's tashbisil, or chametz I don't know about, I can still transgress or even chametz that I don't know about. So that being said, we still have this rabbinic Value depending on how we define it, and we'll see in the Mishnah how they define that. So that would be another thing that we're going to have to keep in mind. Now, the Mishnah continues that now if you're not if you're a place that doesn't necessitate, I'm sorry, if you're a place where we don't normally bring chametz in, you don't need bedika. Now, why is that? Why is that? What's that even mean, right? If there's a mitzvah. If there's a mitzvah of tashpisu, of burning, getting rid of the chametz, so why would we qualify that? It's only in a place where it's normative to bring chametz. That's true. So we'd have to say that somehow Chazal knew that you're only obligated to get rid of the chametz, which we assume is there. So if it's on the table, we know it's there. So you get rid of it. And even if it's not on the table, but if it's in a place where we can you know, very logically, viably understand that maybe someone brought chametz there. So then Chazal, the Torah also wanted you to search and destroy. But to go start and, you know, going and turning up every rock, even though you know you've never been here before. But since it's part of your house, so you're going to do it. So that, to that extent, the Torah is not going to demand the mitzvah, some kind of svarah like that. The other way to say, if we say that the reason the lav the Isser, Bayral Bayimatzei, doesn't obligate you to... All this, what's obligating the check. So that would mean then that Bayral, seem, seemingly, 
it would mean that you only transgress by Rabbi Matzei if either number one, it's chametz that you know about, or number two, it's chametz that you should know about. Chametz that's in a place where it's normal that you bring chametz there. So the lav demands that you ensure that it's not there. But the lav doesn't, it seems like you're not going to transgress the prohibition of Bay Rabbi Matzei if the chametz is in a makam she'in machnisabal chametz. That would need an explanation. The Torah only, if there is a prohibition on ownership, so why would the prohibition on ownership be limited to a place that you could at least fairly assume that there's chametz? In a place, if I own chametz, and that, but it's in a place where I don't understand that it should be there, why would that exempt me from that prohibition? That's something we're going to have to discuss and develop throughout the course of this uh, time that we have learning together. That seems like a very strong kasha. And then obviously, if the whole thing is a dindarabanan, so then can decide where's the parameters of where they made you establish. They said, check anywhere that it's probable. But if it's not probable, then we won't make you check. But that's something that we're going to have to understand throughout the course. Now, let's see Rashi. Says Rashi, Orla Abbasar Garcinan. There's a discussion here what Rashi is going to say when it says Orla Abbasar. It seems to me, if you want, look at the Maharam, that Rashi is coming to say that don't think that it says Laor Abbasar. It says Laor Abbasar, that would mean the day before the Abbasar. The day before, meaning the 13th at night. In order so you don't think Laor Abbasar, rather you think Orla Abbasar. You check it the night going into the 14th. That's why it says, that's what Rashi is coming to stress. Okay. Either yeah, they're not. There are other opinions here. There's a Shotigibor from I remember, I think. But uh, that would be maybe the most basic approach. So Rashi says the Oraner, but Gemoru Davzain, the first time. So we didn't discuss this, but it seems like there's a, a, a particularity that we have to do this Badikala Oraner with the light of a candle. Now, a candle, according to the Chazal, means one wick as opposed to two wicks. Now, that being said, if you can check with a candle, the simple thing means to say you're checking at night time. This goes into the discussion of what or mean, but from we know the halacha that we check at night, and this would already be an allusion to that, or meaning night time, from the fact that you have to use a candle. Now, you have to use a candle as opposed to using a torch. We're not going to get to this Gemara, I assume, during our short stint together in Psachim. But it's coming to say you can't use a torch. The different reasons why you can't use a torch, Pashtis, is because we're afraid you're not going to do a good job because you're going to burn down your house. Now, that's a Gemara of Zainam and Beis. Says Rashi, Budkin, Rashi says, Why do we do a Badika? So you don't transgress by your Baymatsay. So we had three approaches in what the dinner of the Badika in the mission is. Number one is the key mitzvah tashbiso. Number two was the lav demanded that you don't transgress it. And number three was the dinder abonon. So if I, you're going to ask me after seeing this Rashi, why am I doing bedika? So then the most basic way would be like the second way, that there's a prohibition by Rabbi Matzei, and by Rabbi Matzei demand not to transgress it. And that's what Rashi's telling us. That's very, very gishmak. That's very gishmak. So now, that being said, let's see to his Tesis comes along and attacks. So Rashi explained, Why am I doing this bedika? Not to transgress these two laven. Now the Ri was not happy with this. Why not? Because Kevin did Sarach Bittl. 
since I need something called Bittel. Now, Bittel is something we'll call in English nullification. There's a concept called nullifying chametz. Now we're going to have to develop this throughout the course of our discussion. There's going to be something very important to define. But there's a concept called nullification of chametz. Nullification of chametz is another, is the source of that is in the Pasuk of Ach Be'em Arishim Tashbisu. Tashbisu, the Unklus, translates that to mean Tevatlun. Tevatlun is a language of you shall nullify it. Now what exactly Bittl is, we're going to have to see. But whatever Bittl does, it accomplishes they don't transgress the prohibition of Ba'i Rabbi Matzei. So we're going to see, even today, we're going to see the Rana Mir Tashem, Tisvis, we're going to get to next time, what's the opinion of Tisvis, but we're going to see here what, the, the, for our purposes right now, Bittl, what it accomplishes, they won't transgress the prohibition of Ba'i Matzei. So now, comes along the the Tisvis, and it says as follows, the Kash it's difficult to the read to say that the bedikas preventing the bari by matzei. Why? Because kevin it's not a bittel. Since I have to do bittel, why do I have to do bittel? Because it says in the gemara, the gemara is a takana of Yehuda Amirav that if a person does bedika, it's sarach shivatel. He needs to do bittel. It necessitates bittel. So then, umidiraisa bittel ba'amasagi. And therefore, Midiraisa, Bittl suffices in order to go ahead and prevent the prohibition of Barabai Matzei, that's a Gemara Daftalad on the base. Therefore, Why do the sages necessitate Bidika whatsoever? This is a Bam Kasha. Although, according to Rashi, the reason you're doing Bidika is so you don't transgress Barabai Matzei. But as Tesvis, every time I do a Bidika, so now, that mandates me to do a bittel. If that obligates me to do a bittel, so the bittel suffices to prevent the Bari Rabbi Matzei. If the bittel suffices already to prevent the Bari Rabbi Matzei, then why in the world is Rashi making me do a bedika? Bam Kasha. So to that, the Ri has a whole new approach here in what the bedika of the Mishnah is. Veneer the Ri. So it seems to the Ri, based on this question, even though all they have to do is this bittel, is this nullification, in order to prevent the prohibitory So the sages were particular, they were stringent, to check for chametz and to burn it. So if you didn't agree with me before that the bedik of the Mishnah was implicit, Tesis here says it explicitly that they obligated midaramana and a bedika ubir. Now, this is clear that Tesis is going with our third approach. That the Bidik of the Mishnah isn't a Dindaraisa. Midaraisa, to prevent the Bari Bari you're always doing a Bittal. Aye, so why is there a Bidika? Dirabanan. Now, why is it Midarabanan? So you don't come to eat it. Now, this is Gishmak. Why? Because we had a Diak in the Psukim already. But if we go back to the Psukim that we read in Pasuk. Give me a second, Pasuk. Tazayin. No, Tazayin? No, not Tazayin. Pasuk Yudtes. Perak Yudbein's Pasuk Yudtes. It says, Shiva Siyam Yusulayim Matzei Vabateichem. Yisar Boya Matzei. Why? Ki kol ha'uichu machmetz. It's a nichras ha'nefesh ha'imi. This is so. We're afraid you're going to come to eat it. So the Torah made a safeguard. The Torah made a safeguard. Right? That What? Of ownership. So here, what are we saying? 
we're afraid you're going to come to eat. Shalei avalachlei. Chazal made a gzira. Shalei avalachlei. Vechin mashma the kamon. And now we're going to prove this to you that there's a shemi avalachlei. Why? The boy Rav Rav had a kasha. The Rav has a kasha. If you don't he's kikah b'shmei kira. If you have a loaf of bread on top of a beam in your ceiling, so you didn't see, you never brought food up there. How the beam got, up, how, the, how the bread got up on the ceiling, you don't know. It ended up being a wild mishmar Thursday night. They were throwing, uh, you know, challahs at each other from the pastrami sandwiches, and something ended up top. But it's not a mukam shemachnis and You're not chayiv to do a bedika there. But now it's the middle of Pesach, and you find this roll on top of the beam on the on the ceiling. So what's the reason that you would have to ch- bring it down? Maybe sometime they're going to end up having another crazy party during the Mishmar, knock down the piece of bread, the loaf of bread. The times it'll fall. And you're going to come to eat it. You're going to come to eat it. So therefore, we see very clearly that a reason to do a Badiku beer on a rabbinic level is because Hashem Yavlochle. So the Dari thinks he has a Gemara, and he explicitly Gemara, saying that the reason why we necessitate a Badika is because of Hashem Yavlochle. Now, Tosa says a Kasha. So it's a basic question. You know, chametz is very severe. How do I know chametz is severe? Because there's an isahana. Aye, there's an isahana. So if there's an isahana, we have lots of things with ashabana. So if we have lots of things with ashabana, what's unique about chametz that we said there's a mitzvah that could be here? So we say mishum the chametz muta kolashon of leinesar like pepesach v'lebedil minei. Right. So chametz is something which is. Mutter the whole year round. It's only prohibited during Pesach, and we're afraid you're going to come make a mistake. And that which is not true when it comes to other Yisraelano, which, what, which apply all the time. And since they apply all the time, you know to be careful. So there, that's something which is only temporary. So maybe we should say there's a Bidiku beer. So we say, no, it's Yisra's mutter on other people. There's a question here. Nazir, the Achrinim deal with this, the Marshal already asked the Kashal, that Nazir is not Asabah, no. Nazir is an Yisra lav, it's an Yisra achila. There's no Yisra no for a Nazir to do business with uh, grapes. So how come he's asking? So the Marshal wants to change the gear, so he says that it doesn't really mean Nazir, it means Neder. And since he means Neder, Neder is not Neder, it's no. And that's what the question was. And the neder is different because of Yisuri Shaila The Maisa, I think you could say differently. I think you could say that really, we're asking what's the difference on Yisuri There we said that what was the difference to Yisuri That the Chomets and Chomets is Lobedilamine. So when it comes to Nazir, so then grapes are also Lobedilamine. So it could be that once he brought the concept of Lobedilamine, so then. We fell off the Yisuri and we asked for Nazir. Now the Gemara says, Yisuri HaNa, since it's permissible to other people, then we don't have the right to destroy it. There are two approaches here. Either, either it really doesn't mean Nazir, it means Neder, which is also a concept of Hafla, creating a prohibition to your speech. But no, it's that really the context, one well, of the focus is really the Lobedilamine, not the Yisuri HaNa That's the Tosa's first answer. So why do we have a B'dikim de Rabbanon? Shami Achle. Inami. Or you could say differently. Now what? The Torah itself made a Chumrah. What was the Chumrah of the Torah? 
Meaning to say that says the Tesis, a, a beautiful thing. That really the Torah is very concerned about the Isakaris of Chameis. So as a means for the Torah to safeguard and prevent a person from transgressing the Isakaris, the Torah itself made a safeguard called an Isser of ownership. That's by Yabayimatsay. Yeah? So since Chachamim saw that the Torah made a, pre- a safeguard called Bayer Bayer Matzei, so Echmiro Chachamim, this is a Kavayro, a Hechid Abitlel, Mishim Duma Asa the Mechle. Says the Teisvis, so Chazal also were extra Machmir. So if you're going to say, what's the difference between here and other Yisurim? The difference between here and other Yisurim, other Yisainah, is that here, specifically, where the Torah went out of its way to be stringent, so now, we ourselves, we Chazal, were also stringent, and made a B'dikah B'yah. Mashain Kain, when it comes to other Yisurim, the Torah wasn't stringent on ownership, so therefore there's no need to make this Chumrah called B'dikah B'yah. Now, comes on the Rashba, and the Rashba has a Kasha. When you the Rashba, the Afilu, the Fiat Tamachrain, even going to say that the Torah was Machmir, did make him transgress on Bayer Baymatsei, therefore Machmir Abedikal. There's a cancer called which is not edible. And is which is mixed in with other things. So there, there's no prohibition of Bayer Baymatsei. But nonetheless, there's an issue, there's a chi of bedika for them. And this is bothered. I the whole reason here is that since we saw the Torah was Machmir, so therefore Chazal were also Machmir Achai Bedika. But if the Torah wasn't Machmir, they didn't make a Bayer by Matzei, so how could it be that there's a Chiyiv to do Bedika? So in there, the, the, the Reh says that Afogav, the Lekabayra, it's like a low plug. The Pirashavina Tambreshi delivered. How is so Yisarev? How do I know? Because it says over there that Sa'or, which is Chametz Nuksha, it's sourdough, the sour part of the sourdough, which is the leavening part. I know Chametz Nuksha, the Gemukha Chasam. And there's an opinion over there also that says, The implication is that it's us to be mashed, it's us to leave it. So we see here, Yisaid. Yisaid is that really, we never have to do Bedika. Why? Because every time we do a Bedika, there ends up being a Bittal, and the Bittal prevents the Bolyar Bay Matzei. Ah, so why we did Bedika? One of two, because Shemi Yavala Achlei. Aye, why? There's a Shemi Yavala Achlei. So, how come there's not a Badika Shemi Yavala Achlei by other Yisurim? So, either because Dafka Chametz is no Bodomine, or Dafka Chametz, the Torah itself, was Machmer on the prohibition. But that being said, we have two approaches now in regards to what's the nature of the Badika of our Mishnah. According to Rashi, for now, we're going to say that the nature of the Badika of the Mishnah is. To, that the love in themselves mandate, demand that you do something to make sure you don't transgress them. Whereas according to the Ri, what we're going to have to say is that really Midarai say you're not going to transgress. And the whole aspect of Vidika is it did. Now like this. Tess's question, Stamazo, is very interesting. Tess is a quote to Gemara. The Gemara says, Abedik Tzarek Shevatel. Abedik Tzarek Shevatel. So what's that mean, Abedik Tzarek Shevatel? A guy is doing Vidika has to do bittel. Now, what's this is a claim? Once he does the bittel, the bedika can't prevent the bayer by matzei. Can we ask a silly question? Why is he doing bedika? Why is he a bodik? If the Mishnah, if the Gemara said, 
So I would understand Tosfos. Tosfos is saying, yeah, you're mavatel chametz for the bayi b'motzi, and you're doing bedika for what? Because Hashem yavlochli. But what's 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 habudik tzarech shivatel? Why is he doing the bedika first? So you're going to ask me. I would say he's doing bedika because he doesn't want to be over on bayi b'motzi. And now there's a technical issue. He did bittel, good, but why did he start the bedika in the first place? Why did he start the bedika in the first place? Habudik tzarech shivatel. It should say Mavatal according to Tisvis. Abudik Sarak Shivatal means that there's a reason why he started. If you're gonna ask me, so I say Rashi. So this we're gonna to have to come to explain understand. What, what Tisis is saying that I started off doing a Badika, and even though I started off doing a Badika, the Bittal is what's preventing the Bari Matse. What? The Bittal's preventing the Bari Matse? I started with the Badika. Why did I do the Badika in the first place? Just do the Bittal. Because no, because he loved the Shagai. Really, he knows that what? He knows that he has to do bittel. But he knows that Midor Bani is going to have to do the Badika, that's the Takana. Before even Hunam Arav. Before even Hunam Arav. So why was he doing Badika? It seems like a simple answer in Rashi. We have to understand where this is coming from. I brought for you here different answers in the Rishenim, the Achrenim, the Baranoro, is, is an Achren. Famously, commentary on the Mishnayis, you should know the Shlok Kodesh said that Be'etzem, a person had to learn Be'kiyas, Kamar Be'kiyas, because he has to know Kolotar Kula. So really, Mitzad the Limud, the quality of the Limud, he should learn Be'in. But Mitzad, knowing Kolotar Kula, he had to learn, you know, Gemar Be'kiyas. The Shlok writes in Mesech HaShvuz that after the Baranor wrote his commentary on the Mishnayis, a person got the Mishnayis Baranor and just learned Be'in. But the Pasha know the Dinim and the Gemaras through the parish of the, the Baranora. Unbelievable. But the Baranora says here a concept, the Baranora says that why are we doing uh, Bidika if Bittal works? So he says that maybe a person could be Chizer from the Bittal. A person was Mevatal the Chametz, he nullified his Chametz, maybe he could re- re- reverse his nullification. Now obviously, you know, we're going to have to discuss what nullification means, but if nullification meant to uh, give up ownership, it was a Mesa Hefker, so then obviously you can't reverse that. You could make a Numaisa Kinyan, but that's not reversing it. So he says that since we're concerned, maybe you reverse your your your, your bittal. So then if you reverse your bittal, we're afraid you'll transgress by your body matzah. So he said to make sure that even if you reverse, you won't transgress by your body matzah. That's the Bartner's Pshat. The Rebina Parrot says something which is unbelievable. The Rebina Parrot says that really we're just interested in the bittal. But now that you're doing the bedika, the bedika is an action which will help ensure that you will don't forget your bittal, because bedika is a very hard thing. So now that you got involved in the bedika, so you'll you'll make sure that you do your bittal. That maybe is already an answer to the question that we just asked on Tesis. But that's uh, as I mean, saying it's wild. I'm saying it's a it's a being a parent, so you have to give it we have to give it credence or whatever. But uh, that sounds like an unbelievable thing. But the whole reason of doing the Bidika is just to remember not to forget the Bittal. Okay. In Kabbalah here, I'm Kabbal, but as far I wouldn't have said it. If that's true, though, that would answer up the question of the Yastantesis. But let's see. This, I'm, going to see I'm going to read with you a Ran here. This Ran is one of the most famous Rans in all of Shas. It's a Ran on this, on this piece. I wrote you questions to go and coincide with your learning. It's something to be learned together with the Ran. It's not something to be learned... The questions you have to answer, something to help guide the, your learning of the run, just because it's a long push. But let's see it together. 
Rashi explained We hold that Bittal alone suffices not and at the end of the day You can't get away without doing a Bittal because of the Stakana like the Gemara says, if you do Bidika, you have to nullify. They came at Shekinhu, and since at the end of the day you're always going to have a bittel, heichasi Bidika, Kishinavar, Balabai Matsai, Halapatinavshay, Balay Bittel, Bibitel Kudesagi. How could it be that the bittel, the Bidika is what's accomplishing the prevention of the Balabai Matsai? At the end of the day, you have you have a bittel here, and bittel alone works. That's how he understands Tis's Kasha. And you get the answer. On a Torah level, on a biblical level, you could do either one. You could either do a bedika or a bittel to prevent the transgression of that with a bedika by itself that also suffices. Like we say in the Gemara, the Gemara of Zion, this is the Gemara Rashi quoted, the Oranir, from the light of a candle. How do we know that you can check, have to check through the light of a candle? And we answer how we know that you can check with the light of a candle from Silkim. And therefore, there must be that the Din Bidika works. And anyone who did fulfill the parameters of Bidika on a biblical level, he doesn't have to do a concept called Bittal. Therefore, Rashi can go along and say that the din of the Mishnah is so I don't transgress by Rabbi Motsi. And that which Chazal necessitated the Bittal after the Bidika was only Rabbinic, why? Because maybe even if I did a Bittal, a Bidika, I'm sorry, not only did a Bidika, what happens if I find more Chomets in a place chained Machnison by Chomets on Pesach? And I ended up finding comments there, and now it's day to Whatever that means, according to Rashi, that means that I'm going to hesitate from burning it. If I burned it right away, it wouldn't transgress. But now, if I hesitate, I will transgress. We'll see that Kamara later on together, But because of that, the whole bittel is the only concept of a derabanan. Because of midaraisa, I could do bidika or bittel, and I there it's like a case where I was a bidik, I chose to do bidika. So, according to the Ran, why does the Rashi say in the Mishnah? He's talking about a person who elected to do bedika as opposed to bittel in order to, trans- in order to prevent the transgression of bayr bayimotzei. Now, this is the Ran's going to go to town now, and he says as follows: Because I saw there are things when it comes to bedikul bittel which are very confusing, I wanted to explain them very nicely. All right, and we'll start like this. Behold. It says on the first day you shall destroy chametz from your house. And we say in the Talmud, on a biblical level, nullification alone suffices. Now, how do we know that nullification works? We know because the Torah used an interesting language to express this. Did it says tashpisel. It doesn't say to burn it, or to throw for it, to ignite it. Like it says in regards to the, the physical manifestations of idolatry, that it says, 
It says destroy and burn and uh, bust into smithereens. Rashi explains, Because of this interesting language of Tashpisel, the Unklis, that was the impetus for Unklis to write, to translate that as Tavatlun, that you should nullify it. And that's how nullification works. That's his first explanation. Inami, or another way we know, because it says, you shouldn't see for years of yourself, it shouldn't be seen to you. Like the Tzofatim say, like the French, the Talmud Valitas is saying, and like we taught in the Sifri, the Sifri is a Midrash Halacha, you can't see for yourself, what's it mean, that that if you nullify in your heart, then you won't transgress. Now, comes along the Ran and is going to explain to us what's the nature of this nullification. What is this Bola nullification? It's clear from the Gemara that says the bittel minin hefkarol that bittel works as an expression of hefkar. Now we're going to see soon. He doesn't mean that it's a meisah hefkar. It's an, an out, offshoot of hefkar. Let's see. Like it's going to bring an example of sefiteinim. The Gemara brings an example of love of sefiteinim. Sefiteinim is a case. But let's say you have figs that are never going to fully ripen and develop. And they're in your field. And in your field, there's a fence around it. And therefore, they're in a chatzar mishtemeres. <coughs> and therefore, usually, something in a chatzar mishtemeres is definitionally yours. There's something called a kinin chatzar. Your land is an extension of your hand. and acts as a form of shlichas. And therefore, you act to acquire everything in your field. Now... So if it's in these figs which aren't going to fully develop, the Gemara says, if you're makbid on them, if someone takes them, they're a gazlan. And you're chayv to separate shumas and from it. But if you're not makbid, you're not particular on them, and therefore if someone takes them, it's not gazel, and you're not obligated in shumas and because they're ownerless. So the lack of particularity on such an object makes them ownerless, and therefore... You're not chayim in shumas and ma'isus, and a person takes them that's not chayim in gezel. So the Gemara compares chametz that was nullified to seifi te'inim. So we see that there's a comparison to some degree of hefker. Now, esderan, Now, obviously, if a person tries to make a hefker the same way they make a bittel, it doesn't work. Why? If a person's going to go and say, you know what? My property is a bunch of dust. It should be a bunch of dust. Does that mean that someone can go ahead and take my house? My house is ownerless? No. We don't hear that. Maybe it just means that he's upset with his house. It's a piece of junk. It's falling apart. We have no idea what it means. It doesn't mean come and take it. Yet when it comes to chametz on Pesach, if I say my chametz should be considered a bunch of dirt, bittel, nullification. That's number one. Visu, furthermore, the Gemara says that I can do nullification in my heart. I don't have to say it. When it comes to Hefker itself, obviously I have to speak that out. I have to express that orally. If I just make something ownerless in my heart, so it doesn't work. 
So that's his kasha number two. Obviously, he can't be a mice hefka. Number three, Vesul, furthermore. What's hefker? Does hefker mean that I can make something ownerless? Or hefker means that I don't express my ownership, I don't assert my ownership over this item. But even if it's a lack of assertion of my ownership, it's still mine until someone goes ahead and takes it. So he asks, meaning to say as follows, usually, you know, we think of something as, well, why can't someone own something that is mine? You can't take it. Because I'm, I'm asserting my ownership over it. It's mine. It's mine and therefore not yours. So Rebusi is of the opinion that what's Hefker? Hefker doesn't take something out of my domain. It's still in my domain. But it means that I revoke my assertion of my ownership. And therefore, when you come and pick it up, you can say, this is mine, and there's nothing which is contradicting that. But asks the Ran, if that's true, so how could it be then that according to Rabbi Yassi, if I'm mafker something, if I'm mevatel something, how does that make me not transgress by Rabbi Yassi? What do you mean? I won't transgress by Rabbi Yassi because I was mafker it. But mafker it is still my rishos, so I'm still going to transgress. That's the Ran's kashas. Three bam kashas that... When it comes to Bittel, Bittel can't be a Maisa Hefker. It can't just be giving up ownership, rescinding ownership. So what is Bittel? Explains the Ran. When it comes to other things, you can't nullify it. But Chometz is different. Why? Really, it's something which you can't own. Rather, the Torah just considers it like it's in your Rishos. And therefore, with just his revelation of intent that he doesn't want to have the privilege of ownership over this, that suffices. Now, what does that mean? It means as follows. We know there's something called Yisuri Hanol that we already discussed in Teisves. Now, Yisuri Hanol, Pashtis, there's something that you can't have ownership over. Why not? Because what is ownership? Ownership means that I have exclusive rights to something here. There's something that's mine, and that I'm the only one that can use it, and not yours. I'm, I'm the one that can take advantage of this object, use it, eat it, burn it, do whatever I want with it, utilize its utility. That's mine, and mine exclusive to you. But there's something called Yisroyano. Yisroyano means I can't get any benefit from it. So if I can't get benefit of it, so definitionally, how can I own it? If ownership means that I have exclusive rights to using, so here I can't use it because it's also about no. So therefore I can't own it. So that's where the run starts. Really, that when it comes to Chomets, it's, it's not something which is in my Rishos. It's not my Rishos. But the Torah says, like, it's in my Rishos. What does that mean the Torah says it's in my Rishos? Hello, we just get finished saying, the whole time we're explaining, there's a prohibition called Bayer Bay Matze. Bayer Bay Matze is an, a prohibition of ownership. So now ask yourself a question. How could it be a prohibition of ownership? Is this already had no? Is already had no? Is that valuable ownership over? So how could the Torah prohibit ownership if I don't own it? If I can't own it? So I'll give you a similar example. There's something called the Borber Shusarabin. The Borber Shusarabin means that if I dig a hole in public domain, 
And now someone, chas v'shalom, falls in it, or an animal falls in it, something gets damaged because it falls into this pit. So the person who dug the pit is financially responsible. He has to pay, has to pay for those damages. Why does he have to pay those damages? Because it's commonly called mumen hamazik. It's his money damaged. And since his money damaged, he has to pay for it. What do you mean it's mumen hamazik? It's public domain. It's not his. He doesn't own it. So there the Torah says... We see in Svarah that it must be that the Torah considers it, the Torah considers it like it's his. So once the Torah considers it like it's his, it has to be. It has to be that, or else I couldn't make him liable. So, so too, when it comes to Barabai Matzai, the Torah is talking about his story, but the Torah says it's ownership. So it must be that the Torah is considering it like it's yours. Regarding clapping the din of Bayer and since the whole thing is a unique halacha, the Torah is considering it like it's yours, since that's true, says the Ran, an unbelievable concept. So if you have revealed intent that you don't want that privilege, you don't want it to be yours, so it works. So what's the mechanics here? Really. The guy isn't being mafkarit. He's not giving up his ownership. Rather, what's happening? I'm making a declaration. The declaration is, I don't want this chametz. Now that this chametz goes out of my rishos, why is it going out of my rishos? Because Nudalid, when the Israel no kicks in at Chatzuis. So what's going to happen? So then it's going to leave my domain because it's ownerless, because it's also Bahano. Aye, so there should be an Asna Kasav which relates it back to me. Because I'm the person that the Israel Noah took it out of. There, my Gilui says, don't take it out of me. So when I make a bittel, even when I make a bittel on Yud Nisan, we make it on Yadalad usually in the morning. But let's say Yudahad in the morning, I made a bittel. When does it leave my Rishos? It doesn't leave my Rishos until there's a man of Israel Noah. But now, what does that mean? It's ownerless. Why is it ownerless? Not because I was mafkirit, because the Torah took it out of my Rishos, because of Asabahano. So let's go back to the rounds three questions. Right? Remember the rounds three questions. Question number one is how could it be that saying something is like offer makes it hefker? It's not true by anything else. The answer is because me saying it's like offer is not the ma'isa hefker. Me saying it's offer is allowing the status of Israel not to keep its normative status of being ownerless. Number two was that when it comes to bittel. If Bittu believe works, you could do it without speech. Whereas when it comes to Mesa Hefka, you have to say it in front of other people. So here the answer is that why would is the concept of Dvorim Shabalev Enam Dvorim? That's because the halachic change which you're trying to enact is relevant to other people. And as much in as much as you didn't relate that to other people, that change. So then that effect can't take can't work. But here who, what, the chain, the bittle, is only clapping you and Hashem. It's regarding you and the Rebbein Shalalim. The Rebbein Shalalim understands your thoughts just as well as you understand his speech. So there's no reason that you'd have to express that verbally. So therefore, there's no limitation that Dvorim should believe when it comes to bittle chametz. So that answers the second kash of the Ran. What's the third kash of the Ran? What happens according to Rebbein Shalalim? They never left as a shul. The answer is, Anamaisa Hefka, even if Yisik agrees that you can't own a Surah and so this explanation of the Ran really goes ahead and addresses all three kashas that he dealt with. Now let's continue this piece of the Ran. The rest of it we're going to have to finish next week. I don't want to go over an hour. We can spend another 20 minutes here on this Ran. 
But says the Ran as follows. Now the Ran's going to say this works even if a chametz yidua. That means even if I know I have chametz in my house, nonetheless I can do this shtick of bittul and I won't transgress by Ramatzei. How do I know? Three sources. Number one is the Gemara da Vavam The Gemara says you have to do a bittul. Why? Because I might find chametz and hesitate in burning it. That means I have chametz in my house and I see and I'm not burning it. Nonetheless, I'm not going to transgress. Why? Well, why? Because of Bittel, I'm sorry. Also, when it comes to a case of a student sitting in front of his rabbi, he's learning Torah. He remembers that he has a rolled dough in his house. And they can be seen later on in the Gemara that what? All he has to do is Bittel and he can stay in this in the Shir. And therefore, he has Chametz Yidua and he goes in the Shir. He also knows in the case of a person's going to walk. The Shekla Karben Pesach. In this case, he has a Chametz Pesach Pesach. And he remembers that he has Chametz in his house. If he can go back home, burn the Chametz, and then do the Karben Pesach, then that's what he should do. But if he can't do that, then he should go ahead and do Bittal in his heart. And nonetheless, he won't transgress. So we see here three cases that what? That you can do Bittal and it suffices even a Chametz Yidua. Now why does the Ran have to do that? Seems to me like the Ran has to do that because we're saying something tremendous here, right? We're saying that you have a piece of chametz sitting on your dining room table, a big fat challah, and even though a big fat challah is sitting on your dining room table and you know what's on your table, nonetheless, that's not called like you own chametz. That's a chiddush. You, midaraisa, don't transgress. Why? Because regarding you, you think this piece of challah is actually a dirt, and the asla kasla of kilobin doesn't apply. That's a mess of chiddush. And that is, and it's a chiddush because seemingly, what, what, what if you try to be mafka that? If you mafka, you mafka a challah on your on your dining room table, that would work. Well, no, we can discuss it. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. But it seems to me that like when it comes to this din of Yisroel Hanor, this seems like another pashat based off as you said that this should work. Even according to Chametz Yidua, why not? It's Yisroel Hanor at the end of the day. There's no asna concept. Kila b'rishusa. Now, I want to make a ha'ara here. This ha'ara, I think, is a fair ha'ara. Is this something that is the Khatkhila to do a bit on Khamitsidua? Is this something which we say, yeah, this is great, go for it? Yes, your local Orthodox rabbi, Rabbi, I have a Khamit, I have a khala on my table. Can I just do bit on it? Would the rabbi say yes? So he has three cases here, and from these three cases I'm gonna propose that no, no one would tell you that this is the Khatkhila, that you should only do this. How do I know? Because one of the three cases, the first case is a Mitzi Khamit Pesach, is he finds in the middle of Pesach what Achala. So there, we're nervous he's going to hesitate from burning it. Now, if he knew that the Achala was there in the first place, what would have been the din? You'd have had to do Medico Bittal, you did it So we're talking about a case where he was found Chametz in the Makkah Mishayim Machnis and Chametz, and when he found it, now it became Yidua. So he has to burn it. We're afraid he's going to hesitate. But no one say with a Chachila, you could just suffice with the Bittal. That's number one. Number two is a Talmud Lifnei Rabo. We have a guy sitting in learning in base Midrash. He's sitting in Shear. And what does he have? He has an Isamil Gugelis. He has a dough. He has a dough that's in the middle of rising. He could go home and burn that dough or stop it from rising. Or he could say this in a Shear. So there we say, you know what? You're in a Bidiyavid situation already. You're in a situation where you're going to have to get up and leave the Shear. So there we'll tell you, you know what? Don't get up and leave. And the third case is 
we tell you, go home. Take that extra effort. Burn the chametz. Ah, you can't because you're going to be over and it's a kares. Because you can't bring the Korban Pesach, then fine, just do Bittl. But even here, all three cases the Ran brings, even though Bittl works on Chamet Yedua, it's not something that we would do the Chachila, it seems like. All right, Nimiyat Hashem will pick up from here. In the middle of the Ran, there's still a lot to do in this Ran. Big Yisrael is to come out. But Baruch Hashem, we're starting its Geshmak and looking forward to continuing.